You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Well, here we go again for another episode of No Nonsense Sales. Thanks for listening. We are debunking sales myths every single week and we bring you some of the biggest minds in sales right now. And of course, me, I'll be here as well every week. This week, we are looking at the sales myth, salespeople are born, not made. If you've worked in sales before, there's usually one person on the team that is cut from a different cloth. They're a sales machine, closing deals like you wouldn't believe. They've got a certain way about them, something special. It's magic, often impossible to replicate. And you sit there watching them from afar, thinking they were born to work in sales. Look at them go. It's beautiful to behold. (laughs) As we jump into this topic today, are salespeople born or are they made? My guest this week has some thoughts. He's the host of a B2B sales podcast, so we've got that in common. Nick is the co-founder of 30 Minutes to Presidents Club, and his content is all about setting sellers up for success. First question for Nick was, when launching 30 Minutes to Presidents Club, was it all plain sailing? No, it wasn't all plain sailing. And I mean, the way that anybody gets to be really, really great at something, there's never like, a, oh, snap your fingers, but I can give you some fun stories. Um, the hardest thing to solve with a podcast is the barrier to entry to podcasting is so, so low. Like I can record a conversation on my phone and like upload it to the internet and now I've got a podcast. And so the hardest part about um, creating a successful podcast is actually going from zero listeners to a hundred listeners. It's way easier for a podcast with a million listeners to add a hundred listeners, right? Because people share word of mouth. But if no one listens to your podcast, like how do you get people to like talk about it? It's a chicken or the egg sort of thing. And so when we launched 30 Minutes to Presidents Club, my co-founder and I made a challenge for each other. And we both said, all right, we've got to get a big splash in the beginning. We want to get 500 like listeners on the first day. So he and I both said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to make a list of 250 people that each of us know, and we're going to send text messages to every single one of them. And not just one text message. We almost put them in a mini cadence where we followed up with them. Like I sent a message before the show launched saying, hey, we're about to launch this show in a couple of weeks. Would you mind um, helping share it? And of course, because there was no immediate ask, people were like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then we followed up. And so each of us ended up texting 250 people. And the first 30 are easy, right? It's your friends. It's your family. The next 30, a little tougher. My my high school wrestling teammates, hey, you know, I haven't talked in a while. The last 50, I'm texting exes. I'm texting people I haven't talked to in a decade. And I'm like, hey, haven't talked to you since 2004. But... Um, so, but that was how we got our initial traction. We said, we got to have some hustle and grit here. And so that's like the early, early days. And as you get bigger and bigger, um, you know, there's almost like a marketing machine that surrounds our show where like, I don't even know half of the promos we're going to be doing. So like it's changed. So I think the early day stories are a lot more fun, but like even the, like the biggest shows, you got to have some hustle and grit and like, I don't know, savviness in the early days to like, to get some traction. And that's what we did. Well, I think it's like, it's like all content, right? You know, just kind of putting something out there and and hoping for the best and waiting for the listeners or the viewers or the streamers or whatever it may be uh, to come to you. It's not always the case. So it's almost like you, you have to, as you said, 
do the hustle there and, yeah. and kind of bring an audience to you. Um, but it's so great to see what you've done with it. I mean, you now help sellers around the world to to succeed and to improve. But if I had to ask you, what's the, the skill that you think salespeople should be working on improving right now? What What mm-hmm. would you say that is? Um, you know, it was interesting. I was thinking about this while I was riding my bike before this recording. And um, Tom, are you, are you familiar with the idea of like the nutritional pyramid that people have where it's like it shows at the bottom, you're supposed to eat all your vegetables and then like your grains. And then at the very top, it's like oils and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think about the same thing in sales. Like there, I, I want to create a sales like success pyramid because I think there is a um, hyper fixation on the stuff at the very top, like the little things. Like I see a lot of salespeople talk about like these niche negotiation strategies and like these special ways of like, I mean, I've even done it. I've been like, I've made posts about when you're showing a demo, you might consider turning your mouse color purple to make it easier to follow the demo. And like all that stuff is fun. And like those little tips and tricks help. But the number one thing that, in my opinion, impacts your success as a salesperson is, are you can you create opportunities? Can you start conversations? Because if you start conversations and you have a big, full pipeline at the top of your funnel, even the worst salespeople are going to end up closing deals because their product is such a great fit, right? Or they've got such a great marketing team that they start a conversation and someone's like, yeah, I was thinking of buying this thing anyway. And so if you're a if you're a salesperson out there, like what I recommend is the number one thing you should be focusing on in my mind is finding ways to create pipeline and start initial conversations because that buys you room for error. You can have a less than perfect discovery call. You could, um, I don't know, fumble a meeting and, and you know, you get the wrong time on the books. Like you have so much more room for error when you have a big full top of funnel pipeline. When you don't, you have to get every call perfect. And that's not always possible because we're human beings and we're going to screw stuff up. Like, I did a discovery call the other day that I didn't do a great job on and um, that hurt. But because I've got 12 other opportunities, I'm like, okay, fall down seven times, get up eight. Let's move to the next one. I can keep going. And this isn't going to make or break my business. Yeah. I mean, you talk about make or break there. I can certainly relate to that as a seller, you know, and, and I made a video about this recently when you need the sale, you know, not when you want the sale. Oh, I really need this one. And that's a terrible place to be. But I think you hit the nail on the head there when you talked about the formula. I think we're so guilty of this in sales. Everyone wants the formula, right? What's what are the things that I need to do and have in place to be successful? But actually, yeah, if you focus on conversation and having as many of them as possible, then you've got more of an opportunity not to be, as you said, perfect. Yes. Um, yes. And then maybe more likely to get to President's Club, which takes me on to my next question. Do you believe that anyone can get to President's Club? With a rare, rare exception every now and then, if you're so incompetent like me that, yeah, you know, you can't even hold a conference. Like, I, I think anybody can be successful in sales. There's a uh, there's a saying, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think that's true for sales. I think you know, we were talking on the pre-show about, you know, are the best salespeople born, uh, not made or made. There are going to be folks that have a natural advantage because of the way that they were raised or their in, intrinsic skill set. And of course, that's true. Like there's some people that are going to have it easier than others. But I think anybody can be successful in sales. I think 
it's a, it's a, I mean, you get the fundamentals, right? You find ways to start conversations. You lean into your strengths. I know some salespeople that don't book any meetings via cold call. They're like email whizzes and that's the way that they're booking your meetings. And I guess if they got better at cold calling, they might do that, but they're like, they're leaning into where they're strong. I know others who like, they're only cold calling. So yes, I believe that the, the you can make it to president's club if you put the work in and you you have to work on the skill side of it also it's not just about closing your eyes and kicking um that's not going to take you far and there are these top sellers right and we've all worked with them where you have you have good sellers and you have closers and then you have the people who feel like they might even be a, a different type of human because they're able to bring in deals unlike anyone else on the team. What do you think about those kind of people? And if I pivot it towards the uh, yeah. the, the theme of today's podcast, which of, of course is trying to find out if top salespeople are born and not made, but are those top 1% of sellers, surely they have some kind of, supernatural ability to sell. That's sometimes how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can make a blanket statement or that everybody is, you know, they've got that advantage, but I don't know. Like if you go watch the Olympics, right? The best athletes at the Olympics have the combination of the talent, the piece that they're born with, but those folks aren't making it to the top 001% without putting in the work. And so regard like i don't care where your baseline is right let's say you're one of those people that is born to be a great salesperson if you still want to be the best like you still have to put the work in and let's say you're someone who's not like i'll tell you tom my first sales job i wasn't very good i remember i would call the same prospect like a hundred times in a month because i wanted to be at the top of the dial leaderboard uh i wanted to be say i made the most cold calls and so i would call these prospects again and again and again who clearly had blocked my phone number and were never going to answer. And like my emails were getting routed to spam, but I was like, I'm at the top of the activity leaderboard. Look at me. And so like, I didn't do so hot in my first sales job. And so I would say that I'm a moderately good salesperson now. So I think regardless of where you're starting, you've got to put the work in. Um, again, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But if you're talented and you work hard, that's the sweet spot. But you can't control your talent. You can only control your effort and your attitude about that effort. I think that's one of the things I like about sales, though, right? The fact that you might not be the best seller in the world, but actually there are things that you can do. And there's, you know, mindset. There are, you know, you can self-improvement. Like, I think, especially in the modern day and age we've got so many opportunities and resources to learn and to grow and to and to build on having better conversations and all that kind of great stuff i think sometimes salespeople use that as a distraction from the two most important things that they have to do which is create new pipeline prospecting and advance current pipeline find ways to move your deals forward or find ways to part ways with your deals if they're not real deals and Instead of listening to 432 podcasts and buying every influencer's course and practicing your demo 42 times in a week, do those two things. Create new pipeline, advance current pipeline. And so distill and narrow your focus onto those things and you will be more successful. I want to talk about seller traits. I want to, yes. I want to find out what would be the best trait for a seller to have in 2023. 
They deeply understand the problems that their customer is dealing with and the world that their customer lives in. Most salespeople fixate on what it takes to be successful as a salesperson. And so they listen to this podcast, they listen to my podcast, they buy a course, and they spend almost zero time focusing on what it takes to be a successful law firm office administrator, healthcare operations coordinator, HR executive who's got to determine compensation bans. If you deeply understand that stuff and the problems that your customer is looking to solve related to the product that you sell, you will be far, far more successful. Example, I spent a long time selling law firm-specific accounting software. I was selling accounting software to law firms. Tom, when I told people that's what I sold at parties, people looked at me like I was selling drying paint because it sounds like the most boring thing in the world. And it is on the surface. But if you actually dig into the nuances of how a law firm operates and their different accounting methodologies and the really complex, complicated data conversions from one accounting system to another and the way that that impacts a law firm's business, there's a lot to learn there. And I would trounce my competition, not because I had better discovery skills or because I showed the best demo, but because I decided that I was going to spend an hour a week joining a law firm CFO webinar or listening to a law firm technology podcast. And when you understand your customer and their problems, the discovery comes naturally. It's easy because you know their world. You don't have to have these weird pain funnels because you you just you know the next natural question to ask because you know your customer. So that's my number one recommendation is stop fixating on what it takes to be a successful salesperson and fixate on what it takes to be a successful insert your customer persona here. And I would add to that as well. Speak like your customer. And you kind of yes. touched on it there, right? When we're reaching out to people and we're using words like, oh, we're going to triple your this, or we're going to double your that, or you know, you, we're going to get rid of your problems here and then. It's all very kind of vague and generic, but actually mm-hmm. if you can use the language that your potential buyer is using in their team meetings, that's yes. when you're going to have a better conversation, right? So yeah, I I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's a really great point to to have as part of the podcast. So thanks for sharing that. Um, but we we do need to try to figure out if this week's myth is a fact or a fiction. You know, are mm-hmm. top salespeople born or are they made? So do you think that top salespeople being born is a fact or a fiction? Oh, it's a, it's a fiction. It's uh, they're made. It's a combination of both. Let me be clear. You got to have the talent in order to really be the best, but. If you don't put the work in, you're going to get passed. And even someone who is untalented will be successful in sales if they put the work in. Great stuff. Um, motivated myself. I'm uh, ready to ready to build my pipeline. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, but we do need to end with a song. Unfortunately yes. for for the listeners, um, I I put them through it every week, and this week is no different. Do you want to share with me the reason? Um, that you've brought in your pump up track. And then if you could tell me what it is, that would be great. Oh yeah. Okay. The reason that I brought this song in, um, I don't know. It just fills me with some energy. And uh, I have a picture in my mind of 
Uh, a couple of years ago, I went skiing during sort of the holiday break and I had some time to like reflect on uh, the type of person that I wanted to be in the next year and where I wanted to direct my energy and like just the the level of discipline and work ethic I was going to bring. And I remember like skiing down this mountain and I've got one headphone in to be safe um, and I'm listening to random music on my phone and I get to this beautiful crest and I'm looking out over this uh, gorgeous California mountain um, and this song comes on and I just remember it it filled me up, Tom. Uh, and so the song is, it's called Higher Love. Um, and I don't know, I think it's a beautiful song. Amazing. Well, hopefully I can fill people up with my dulcet acapella version on No Nonsense Sales. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining me, Nick. And uh, we appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Bring me a higher love. Bring me a higher love. Oh. Bring me a higher love. What's that higher love? I keep thinking of. Oh, I don't know about you, but that took me right to a top of a California mountain there as I as I heard that track, hope it did the same for you. And thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to hear that track sung in tune, then head to the Spotify playlist to search No Nonsense Sales because we've just added the track. And hopefully we'll see you next week for more No Nonsense Selling. And of course, the best way to do that is to subscribe right now to this podcast on your podcast player of choice. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.